0: Awesome, thanks James. Yeah, so we've been on tour since about, um, some of us since January 21st, um, others of us since March 25th, and we've been in uh, our whole crew, so more than just us here, have been in 47 different states, uh, over 200 university campuses. And we've seen 21,000 students uh, gather on campuses to, you know, just go after Jesus together. And in that time, we saw uh, 2,057 salvations. So God is moving wild on campuses. And so we just wanted to, yeah, just share a few testimonies of what God's doing. Um, yeah. Uh, off the start, I think. We were at uh, Southern Louisiana University, um, way down south. And uh, just on one of our days, we were out evangelizing. And uh, we saw this whole group of people kind of surrounded by this TV. And at the back, there was a guy sitting in a wheelchair. And so me and my friend, we were out evangelizing. We just go up to him. We're like, hey, bro, what's going on? What happened to your knee? And he just starts talking to us, and right away, it's just kind of like, why the heck are these two people talking to me? Like, I want to focus on this TV. And so we're just like, bro, like, he tells us, you know, he tore his ACL and his MCL, and we're like, can we pray for you? We'd love just to pray for you. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, go ahead. So we pray for him, and right away, he's like, whoa, I don't know if, like, my head is just, like, because we've been talking, the pain has started to go away, or, like, if your prayer actually worked. And so we're like bro, that's Jesus, man. Jesus is working. Let's keep praying. So we prayed, and his knee pain went all the way down from a nine to a zero, and he was just lit on fire. We kept talking, and after talking for about 30 minutes, he gives his life to Jesus, and it was wild. And then that night, we saw him. He came to our event, and he actually, we prayed for him again, and for the first time in, like, uh, weeks, he actually took his first few steps with his cast on.
1: It was Wild, so I'll hand it over to Bruno. <laughs> Hi, guys. Um, um, I'm my name is Bruno. I'm also from Calgary. Um, <laughs> woo, what's up? Um, my favorite testimony. One of my favorite testimonies was um was the first event on tour in Orlando, Florida, um in Stetson University. It was literally the first event we went, and um the gospel was preached, and people came forward and gave their lives to Jesus. But like this guy came up, and we had we had a time for healing he came up, and he blew, he blew both his ACL and his MCL. So we, we, we came up, we laid our hands on his, on, his, on his knee, and we prayed, like, was it, I believe it was three times, and, like, immediately after praying, he got to do a full pistol squat. So that's a what so, what's that? That's a what I, I can't do it, I can't do it. I have bad knees. That, that, there you go, whoa, hallelujah. So a, 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 pistol, a pistol squat is a one-legged squat. So I don't know, if you blow an MCL and ACL, that's kind of impossible to do it outside of Jesus. So that guy gives his life to Jesus that night, and with 13 other people, gets baptized in zero-degree weather in the fountains of the middle of the campus, in the middle of night. And from then on, we just saw hundreds of baptisms all over the southeast and and, and upstate New York. So yeah.
2: Hello, everyone. My name is Sam. I'm from Ohio. Okay, so... One of my favorite testimonies was one day we were in Virginia on Radford University's campus, and my friend and I were walking around, we just sat down by this girl, started talking to her. We noticed she had a knee brace on, so we asked her what happened, and she said she tore her ACL, no, she tore a a ligament, a ligament, or something, I don't know. Um, She tore something in her knee two years ago from dancing, and so we were like, oh my gosh, like, can we pray for you? So we pray for her once, and she, on her own, like, took her knee brace off. She was like, wow, I don't feel any pain. And then she starts, like, squatting. She was jumping up and down. She took the tape off of her knee, and she was like, you guys, I don't feel any pain. So then this girl was walking by, and she was like, Hannah, why don't you have your knee brace on? And the girl, Hannah, was like, I just got healed. And then Zion was like, wait. So this girl, Zion, the girl that was walking past, she was like, my mom, she has really bad back pain. Can you guys pray for my mom? So we are like, yeah, totally. So we just like prayed with her right there for her mom, and we're like, you should give your mom a call and see how she's doing. So Zion calls her mom. Her mom, she like asked, "Mom, how are you doing?" And the mom was like, "I just really feel the presence of God so strong in the room right now." And so then we're like, "Ask her how her back is." So the girl asked how her mom's back is. We're like on a scale from one to ten, where is your back pain at? And she said it was at a six. So we pray for her mom over the phone. She gets healed. And then Hannah, the girl whose knee got healed, she was like, I want to call my mom and dad and tell them what happened. So she calls her parents. They, like, freak out. And she's like, oh, my gosh, you guys, my dad, he's had chronic back pain for six years. Can we pray for him? So we're like, absolutely, let's do it. So we pray for her dad. We asked him on a scale from 1 to 10, where is your back pain at? He said a 15. So we pray, yeah, so we pray once. His back pain goes from a 15 to a 3. So we prayed again, and it went from a three to a one. And then last time we were like, Hannah, we think that you should pray for your dad. So she prays for her dad, and then he just starts weeping over the phone. He's screaming, hallelujah, hallelujah. Like, he totally just got healed over the phone. So my friend and the girl, Hannah, went to record a testimony video, and I was back with Zion, the girl whose mom we prayed for. And she ended up giving her life to the Lord. So, yeah, so literally, like, Three healings and a salvation, you guys. That all happened in 15 to 20 minutes. Like, it's insane what God is doing. So, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite testimonies.
3: Hi, I'm Abby, um, and I'm all the way from Great Britain. Yeah! <laughs> um, and my favourite testimony is probably so, our first stop, we were in Oklahoma, and we were in this super small town called Ada in Oklahoma. Um, and we were at this church called the Refuge Church. Um, and they'd asked us to pray for this woman who had recently been diagnosed with cancer that surrounded her colon. Um, and so our team, like, we all laid hands on her and we just, you know, we, de- we declared that the cancer would leave in Jesus' name. And that week she was actually going in for an operation um, for the doctors to try to remove part of the cancer. Um, and so when she went in for the operation, um, the doctors were so shocked because instead of the cancer surrounding the whole of the colon, it only surrounded half of the colon, incredible and so then they operated and they tried to remove another little part of it again the next sunday we she wasn't there because she was recovering from the op but we um prayed for her again and we just we want full healing in jesus name and then she went back to the doctors for a checkup and when she had her scan all of the cancer had gone from around her colon jesus completely removed all of the cancer <laughs> yeah. So that's my favorite.
4: What's up guys? I'm Kobe. I'm from Texas. And definitely my favorite story. So we're not even on a campus at this time. We're we're traveling, we're going from Oklahoma to Texas, and we stop at a gas station and my knee just like completely gives out to the point where I can't even like I'm just limping around. And it's super weird. And one of my friends is like, Man, like maybe maybe the Lord's speaking to you. Maybe it's a word of knowledge. So like the boldness of the Holy Spirit comes over me. This is something I would not normally do, but I just go into the gas station, bunch of people in there and just ask everyone. I'm like, does anyone in here have knee pain? And as I'm saying this, this this lady, probably about 40 years old, uh walks around the corner and she has a she has a cane, she's limping and I was like, all right. So it's her, but like she, you know, she's not old enough to to you know to where she would you know from age need like, a new kneecap or anything. So she had, she had had damage done to it, needed a completely new kneecap, said she was on, like, a crazy amount of, like, medication just because the pain was so bad. And at this point, my knee's still, like, really hurting. So I'm, like, trying to bend down, like, can't really. But as, as soon as I place my hand on her knee, all the pain leaves my knee. So I, I'm just, like, living it up in faith. I'm, like, all right, let's pray. Let's go for it. Just pray for her. Like knee completely healed, no pain, I believe she's, she was supposed to have knee surgery, like get a replacement so i 'm believing like she 's not going to have to do that because all the pain 's gone, completely got off uh, medication by now, hopefully, but you know, I just want to encourage you guys and say like you know god 's not just moving in like third world countries he 's not like that that was my perception before like man, I thought i 'd have boldness to, to step out in Nepal, boldness to step out in Africa, you know wherever I, wherever I was but in America, you know, God, God doesn't do that. That's, that was always my thought process, but that's so not true, guys. I just want to, like, encourage y'all to just step out and, like, you know, five seconds of boldness to just partner with what God wants to do can just change an eternity, guys. So let's just go for it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we got a video to play for you guys. Um, and then, yeah, we'll get rolling. Yeah, Jesus. Come on. Yeah, Jesus, we just welcome you here tonight. We just say, come and have your way. Holy Spirit, we just give you full permission to do whatever you want to. I just pray that these wouldn't be my words, but it would be yours. That, Holy Spirit, you would come, you would speak through me. And we just give you full permission tonight. Tonight's not just about a ministry. It's not about carry the love, God, or just another, you know, fun gathering, God. It's really about you. So we set our eyes on you tonight, Jesus, with expectation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How's it going, everybody? We are so stoked to be here. Like I was saying earlier, my name's Ethan. I'm from here in Calgary. I've lived here for the past nine years and since January, I've been with a ministry called Fire and Fragrance in Kona, Hawaii. Um, how many of you guys have heard of YWAM? Yeah. So we're a part of YWAM. And for the past month and a half, I've been touring with the Circuit Riders and the Carry the Love Tour. And the Circuit Riders are based out of um, the original Circuit Riders out of the Methodist Church, uh, John Wesley. John Wesley. You know, way back in the day, Um, and they would ride around on horseback all across America. You know, riding hundreds of miles to preach the gospel. You know, even if it was just to one household or one small town, and they would create these circuits um, that they would ride throughout the years. And oftentimes, they would you know do this until they until they died. They they were willing to say yes. You know, every single day to take the gospel to advance the gospel across America. And so now, um, since 2011, the circuit riders um, have been gradually um, reaching university campuses. Um, They started with about, you know, their first school was USC in California, um, and since then... This past year, they hit over 200 university campuses in 47 different states. And like we were saying earlier, we saw 21,000 students gathered on campuses, you know, just to unite around Jesus, just to really go after it and to see students activated and encouraged, you know, to carry this love, to share this love on their campuses. Um, Yeah, I just want to share another testimony with you guys because... Just stir the faith in the room. We were at uh, Le Torano University in Longview, Texas. And um, the first night, we had about 30 students show up. And it was a small Christian university. Um, and we just had such a fun night of just, like, worship, just a big joy party, having fun. And so usually on campuses were there for two days. So the second day, um, the students who were there had just, like, been telling all their friends, and we showed up the next day, and there was about hundred students who came. And you know, we preached the gospel that night, and ten students gave their lives to Jesus. And then that night, we um, just felt uh, that the Lord wanted to, you know, give, to give a call for baptisms. So. We, we were just like, does anyone, you know, feel like they want to get, be baptized tonight, you know, to make this declaration in front of all your friends? And so four students put up their hands. So we like ran half a mile across campus to this super gross and nasty pond. And we baptized four students. And one of the students actually the week before had, uh, tried to commit suicide. And his friends had brought him to this night. Um, and he wasn't, he was, he lived about 45 minutes away. Um, And that night he gave his life to Jesus and got baptized. So we've just been seeing that happen all over America. And just, you know, we've really, you know, we're not believing this lie that our campuses, you know, whether it's high school campuses or university campuses, are hard to reach places. You know, we shouldn't just be focusing on overseas because, you know, that's where we'll see fruit. But we're so believing that, you know, here in America, here in a Canada, in Canada, we're, we can see that same fruit, and we're seeing it happen. And so we were, I had the privilege of, I uh, was in the Mid-South, so I was in Oklahoma, Texas, and Louisiana, um, and we've just been having just a wild time. Um, we... Uh, Me and my team here, we went to 11 uh, campuses during that time. And in that time, we saw 33 um, salvations and just a wide variety of outbreaks of healing and just students getting set free from depression, anxiety, and really just, like, realizing, like, hey, like, I can do this, you know? Like, I can go tell people about Jesus on my campus Something we'd do with the students is the second day we'd, we'd go and we'd evangelize on campus with them. And, like, we'd have cr- so many students who would come back being like, oh, my goodness. Like, I never realized how easy it is to tell people about Jesus. You know, and we've just been really, like, encouraging you. And our hope is tonight that you guys would just leave encouraged that, hey, telling people about Jesus, you know, loving on people like Jesus did is easy. It's not this hard thing. So a lot of you might be thinking, well, so what? Like, what is carry the love? And it's not just, you know, it's not just another worship night or ministry, you know, or, or sermon or whatever. Carry the love is really a campaign to see an entire generation unite around carrying the love of Jesus wherever they go. And, and, and we're believing that it's a love, you know, a love that's disruptive, a love that leaves the 99 for the one. A love that, you know, can reach every depth and every height. You know, a love that will drive us to obedience, compassion, and action. A love that heals, empowers, and redeems. And a love that can only be found in Jesus. Say, our dream is to see an entire generation carry that love what would happen if we saw an entire generation our generation carry that love see we're believing that it takes a church united to you know see a divided nation to see a divided world you know cured that it takes us uniting together surrounding you know setting our eyes on jesus to see that happen and so for me i've grown up in the church my whole life um And so my understanding was that, like, okay, how do I carry this love, you know? How do I live this out? So my understanding was that, oh, I had to be a missionary. Because when I looked at the lives of missionaries, I saw, you know, okay, they go overseas, they help the poor, you know, that's what Jesus did. They would pray for the sick. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what Jesus did. And so I was kind of like, okay, you know, Jesus, you follow his life, and he goes to all these different places, and he's helping the poor, he's healing the sick. And so I'm like, okay, a missionary. But when I really started to look at the life of Jesus, I began to realize that, hey, he doesn't just go places to love people. He loves people wherever he went. Wherever he would go, he would love people. And see, we as followers of Jesus don't just need to take, you know, two weeks out of our summer to go on a missions trip, to go overseas to, you know, love like Jesus loved. We simply just need to do it wherever we go. Because when our perspective of missions changes from, you know, where we need to go to wherever we go, the grocery store becomes our missions field. Our university campuses become the missions field. Our high schools become the missions field. You know, the workplace becomes the missions field. Because we are believing that, you know, for an entire generation, you know, us, our millennial generation to really unite around carrying this love wherever we go. And it starts with you and I saying yes to the call in our lives. And for a lot of people acknowledging that we do have a call on our lives. Because I really believe that every single person in this room has a call on their life. And I think, you know, sometimes we complicate this. We complicate what that calling is. But I think fortunately for us, the Bible actually makes it quite simple as to what that calling is. So if you guys want to turn with me to Matthew uh, 22, verse 36. Uh, the religious leaders here, they're talking to Jesus about, okay, what is the greatest commandments? You know, if I'm to, to you know, follow any, anything from the law, what is the most important thing? And so verse 36 reads, teacher... Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord with all your God and with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You see, Jesus, he calls us to do two things. To, to love our God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And to love others as we would ourselves. See, every single one of us in this room is called. And I think so many of us, we spend so much time searching for our calling. You know, crying out to God, show me what I'm supposed to do. God, what is my purpose? Where am I supposed to go? And not enough time responding to what God has already called us to do. See, it's so easy to get caught up in this prayer of of God, show me what I'm supposed to do. What is my purpose? God, where does my passion truly lie? See, we need to spend less time asking God to show us and more time to responding to what he's already said. So how then do we respond to this call that God has on our lives? If you turn with me to Matthew 4, uh, verse 18... This is when Jesus, you know, he's calling his first disciples. And uh, verse 18 reads, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come and follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. You see, Jesus, he calls Peter and Andrew to follow him. And I think oftentimes we look at the disciples' lives, we look at, you know, they're they're mentioned all throughout the New Testament, and we think, wow, look at these people who Jesus chose. You know, there was something special about them. Jesus chose them because they were special. But I think, you know, what really distinguishes Peter and Andrew in this case is not that they were special or that they were gifted is that they responded to the call by dropping everything and following him. See, it's not our calling that distinguishes us because we're all called. It's our response to the call that distinguishes us. See, I believe that the response to the call tonight is to say yes to following Jesus every single day of our lives. Because in this place of saying yes to the call, in this place of responding, Jesus sends us out. We look back to that verse and it says, Jesus is saying, come and follow me first and then I will send you out. I will make you fishers of men. And Jesus is saying, come and have relationship with me first. You know, come, drop everything and follow me and then I will send you out. Because it is from a place of loving God and loving others that Jesus gives us our assignments. See, God is looking for the ones who will say yes to the call the ones who will drop everything and follow Jesus just like Peter and Andrew did. See, the response to the call, it costs you something. It costs you everything. The ones who are willing to count the cost and give up everything to follow Jesus are the ones God chooses for his assignments. You see, he's not looking for the gifted, the best speakers, you know, the best worship leaders, Or, you know, leaders, he's looking for the available, the ones who have counted the cost and have said, yes, following Jesus is worth everything I have. Are you the one? The one who is willing to say yes to the call, to respond by leaving everything behind and following him? See, the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, it's a story we're all familiar with. You know, a story of God's miraculous power. And so I want to read this story from the Gospel of John and highlight something to you guys. So if you want to turn with me to John 6, I'm going to read this story. Starting at verse 5. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, You see, we, most of us, we know how this story ends. You know, we know this story for the amazing miracle. You know, Jesus, he takes the five loaves, he takes the two fish, and he feeds 5,000 people. And, you know, scholars actually have uh, discovered that it was more likely 10,000 to 15,000 people taking into account just all the women and children that don't get mentioned. And so we get, we get caught up. We're like, wow, look at this amazing miracle. Did But I want to highlight something interesting. See, the gospel of John, he mentions that it's a boy who brings, you know, the five loaves and the two fish. And see, when we read or listen to this story, you know, oftentimes we're like, wow, look what God can do with the little I give him. Look look what God can do with, with just a little. With five fish or five loaves and two fish. Man, just with a little, God can do amazing things. And see, we tend to just, our focus is on, wow, all I have to do is give Jesus a little and look what he can do. Because even if it's just a little, he can do amazing things. But if God can use the little he give, we give him, what would happen if we gave him everything? See, I want to highlight this little boy. See, I really don't think this story has anything to do with the amount of bread and the amount of fish. It had nothing to do, you know, with the fact that he only had two fish or five loaves, but it was the fact that he was willing to give everything he had. Everything he had in that basket, he was willing to say, Jesus, here, take it. And out of that place of giving Jesus everything, we see this amazing miracle. See, the boy didn't spend time calculating, saying, you know what, I'm only going to give Jesus you know, one fish and four loaves of bread and keep some to himself. You know, He said, look, I'm willing to give everything I had, everything I had for lunch that day, I'm willing to give it up for the sake of others, for the sake of Jesus. Because in that place of giving Jesus everything, he uses us for his kingdom. And so maybe some of you are thinking, well, why, why would I give Jesus everything I have? That doesn't seem like a fair trade. You know, maybe that's something that's sometimes hard for us to really grasp. Like, why would Jesus call me to give everything I have to follow him? That's, that's hard. That's difficult. And so I want us to just take a look at the life of Paul for a minute. And in Philippians 3, Paul is talking about the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. So if you want to turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. And it reads, For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, If someone else thinks that they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. See, Paul gives us an account of his life before he gave everything to Jesus. And he's saying, look, I had everything. To the world's standards, I had the perfect life You know, he was circumcised on the right day. He's from the right tribe. You know, he's the perfect Hebrew. He's as Hebrew as it gets, you know, faultless before the law, a Pharisee. He's he's telling us that, look, before I know Jesus, when you would look at me to the world standard, you would say, hey, he has everything. And in, in a modern context, you know, I think... We would look at Paul and we'd say, yeah, that life before Jesus, he had everything figured out. You know, he had the nice car. He had the successful job. You know, he came from a wealthy family, living in a big house, has his retirement plan set up. His life is set to the world's standards. But Paul is saying, look, I had all that, but when I met Jesus, that stuff is worth nothing to me now. It's worth garbage to me now. Everything that I once, you know, thought had value or was worth anything, I now consider loss for the sake of knowing Jesus. See, what Paul once thought were gains according to the world standards, he now is saying it's a loss for the sake of Christ. And so, many of you might be thinking, you know, well... well is Jesus worth it? Then, you know, is following Jesus really worth it? And so, if you in Matthew thirteen forty four, Jesus shares a parable um, of finding a treasure in the field. And verse forty four reads: "The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field." When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought the field. I want to invite the band to come back up. See, I want to read this quote from Lou Engle. He said, so there comes a time in your life when you have to go for broke. When the treasure is so great You sell everything that you have and you buy the field. See, in this place of giving up everything to follow Jesus, we gain him. We gain life. We gain life and life abundantly. See, it costs us something. It costs us everything, but we receive him, the greatest joy of all, the giver of life. See, it's actually a win-win. All we're doing is giving him our flesh and receiving more of him. See, I believe there's a response to be made to the call on our lives tonight. I feel like tonight, for many of us, will be marked by, for maybe the first time, really responding to the call God has on our lives. And so maybe some of us in the room, you know, we've never truly counted the cost of following Jesus. You know, maybe we've been holding on to those two fish. We've been holding on to those loaves. We've been saying, you know what? I know better than God. I'm going to hold on to these things. You know, I could use, I could use this for, for more good than, you know, Jesus would if I gave it to him. But I want to tell you that when we empty ourselves, when we empty ourselves, you know, and we say, Jesus, you know what? You know, I want to relinquish my control. I want to relinquish what I thought was the right way, what was the best way. And we say, come and have your way in our lives. We empty ourselves so that he can come and fill us So that he has more room to move in our lives. So I feel like there's an invitation tonight. If you're in this room and you've been feeling, you know what? I've never truly counted the cost of following Jesus. You know, I'm still holding on to some things for myself. But tonight you're saying, you know what? I've had enough. I want to purchase the treasure in the field. I see that treasure, and I want to sell everything I have to purchase it. I want to give my life over to Jesus 100%. I don't just want to say yes to him once. I want to wake up every single day saying, yes, Jesus, I will go. Yes, Jesus, I will carry your love, God, to the ends of the earth. Wherever you call me, I will go. so if, if that's you in this room for the first time you're counting that cost and you feel like you know what today is the day I make that decision today is the day I make that decision to give my life 100% over to Jesus even if you've just been holding on to a few things you know what you've said you know what Jesus you can have you can have you know all, all the fish in my life but I want the loaves you know you can have you can have most of it but I'm still holding on to a few things There's an invitation to respond. So if that's you, whether it's the first time you've surrendered everything or you feel you just want to make that declaration, say, you know what, Jesus, I've been holding on to this little thing and I want to surrender it. I want to invite you to come to the front right now. And we're just going to have our team pray for you and we just want to encourage you. So if that's you all across the room, just feel free to come to the front. I want you guys to do is just repeat after me and say, Jesus, I've counted the cost and I want to sell everything I have to purchase the field. You're worth everything I have. I want to give my all to you I'm willing to drop everything to follow you for the rest of my life. I will go wherever you call me. Yes. So I just want to invite the Carry the Love team to come. We just want to pray for you guys and encourage you guys. We're just going to go back into worship. Yeah. Yeah.